What's up everybody, Brad here. Welcome to 2020. Hopefully your holidays, New Year's, and everything else were safe and that uh, you've arrived into 2020 on the right foot, happy, healthy, and ready to go. Um, this is kind of the time of the year that I look back and say, hey, should I change anything about the podcast? And so I don't think so unless you guys have any strong suggestions about which way or shapes or things that we should do in 2020 I'd be happy to hear them but let's just dive in now next week is CES I, this is the second year in a row that I'm not going and I'm actually quite happy about it CES to me personally has kind of devalued itself because there's a lot of announcements but stuff doesn't ship uh, for quite a while typically in most cases but not always not always um, Dell actually kicked off the CES party a little early this week with one of my favorite laptops they are updating the XPS 30 with a 16 by 10 aspect ratio, a slim bezel. Uh, it looks really good. If you're in the market for a laptop, now granted, I haven't played with it and seen if there's any big flaws, but Dell is just revising their, basically their small flagship laptop. I know they've got the XPS 15, but the XPS 13 has always had a special spot in my heart. And so if that is something that you're looking for, you might want to wait for this one. You don't have to wait too long either. It's going to arrive sometime in mid-January. So just keep that in mind. Something else that Dell announced that actually has my interest peaked quite a bit is that they have announced a new screen mirroring feature for their Dell Mobile Connect, which is a, a software utility that you can download and then mirror your mobile device. Now, it has been held or restricted to Android, but they're actually announcing that later this year, they're going to enable iOS functionality. I'd be curious to see how they actually get away with this because Apple is notorious about locking this stuff down. I wonder if they some, found some sort of uh, back channel through Apple and actually are going to get a, uh, approval for this. I'm not quite sure yet. Not quite sure because Microsoft's Your Phone does a lot of the same functionality as the Dell software, but obviously does not work with iOS devices. And so this is a big step for Dell. We will see what happens. Uh, also, Samsung announced that they ship more than 6.7 million 5G smartphones. 5G is just we are on the very tip of um, kind of moving into that market. It's not widespread in any capacity, while 6.7 million phones is a lot sold compared to considering Apple sells in the tens of millions of iPhones each quarter. It's a small drop in the bucket, but 5G is here. It is starting to roll out, at least in the United States and other countries around the world. And so keep your eyes open if you're going to be buying your next smartphone. More than likely, if it's a flagship, it's going to support 5G. Uh, Outlook Mobile, or Outlook you know, the mobile client for Android devices, the latest Microsoft application to pass 100 million downloads or installs, I should say. So that's, that's a pretty big milestone. 100 million, not, not a drop, of, not, a, not, a small, um, not a small milestone by any means. Also on the gaming side, before we dive into the questions here, uh, G Microsoft announced today that GTA 5, GTA V, uh, is now available on Game Pass. Game Pass, yeah, getting some Rockstar action. That actually is kind of interesting when you think about the bigger things that might actually make their way to Game Pass if GTA uh, is now there. So that's a pretty big announcement. There's a lot of questions this week and not a lot of news. So we're going to focus primarily on the questions this week because you guys were full of them. And I think it's great because this is, as always, and will continue to be my favorite part of the week. For, as a reminder, I always tweet out the links to where this stuff is going to get posted. And uh, that's how you can ask questions and get them answered on the show. It's the easiest way for me to kind of keep things in control. So Helix2301 says, I just joined Xbox Game Pass for PC beta because I travel a lot for work. So I have next to no time on the Xbox, but I just joined Game Pass at $4.99 a month for their PC. I was wondering if I should know any cool games. Should I get a Bluetooth controller and a wireless headset? Uh, should I just keep the keyboard and mouse? Sorry, been away for a long time. So here's the thing. Without knowing specifically what games you like, it might be kind of hard, but you might want to go check out GTA. Now, me 
personally, this is my philosophy on how I game. If I'm playing like a first person shooter or basically anything other than an RTS, I personally prefer the controller. I know that's not the best and you can get better um, accuracy with the keyboard and mouse and FPSs, but I personally prefer a controller for those games. Now, if it's an RTS game, like an Age of Empires game, a Command and Conquer, I'm keyboard and mouse all the way through. As for what game you should play, I, just go explore. There's, it's really easy to check out and I don't know, go from, Forza is always a personal favorite. I can never get enough Forza. Dataminer49 says, Hi Brad, I have a question. I have a few questions. One is concerning an interview with Phil Spencer where he states that by dual purposing the silicon of the next generation hardware for consumers use and for enterprise use, this would allow them to drive down the cost of their service. What does this mean for consume for us consumers? So here's the deal. Microsoft is building a software suite for xCloud and all that stuff. And they're also building these custom chips that are going to work really well with the software that they're building. The idea here is that they're going to sell it to consumers through an Xbox console like they've traditionally done. But if they can find use cases where their chips that they are building and having being built by AMD are customized and specialized for certain workloads that outperform what's available in the market, generally speaking, then they can sell them or that capacity to enterprises for either GPU usage, for uh, AI computations, ML, or whatever it is Microsoft is integrating that these chips are specialized and designed for along with the software suite. So the idea here is not to just build an awesome console, but build an awesome console that has enough power and, and unique features that, uh, that differentiate it from other just generally compute plat generally compute just s different socs on the market the idea here is build something specialized figure out all the use cases for it and if they can produce more chips then the ch the cost per chip gets driven down lower chip prices means that they can sell the console at a lower price uh, second question is about Xbox Live Gold. If it will be required to play multiplayer games over xCloud, Google Stadium and PS Now do not require additional fees to play online. If Gold is not required, then what would that mean for xCloud and PC gamers can use Xbox Live Multiplayer for free while Xbox console gamers are forced to pay? This is an interesting question and we haven't gotten complete clarity yet. My gut tells me that you won't be able to access xCloud unless you're paying for it in some capacity. I haven't, I don't think Microsoft has explicitly come out and said, hey, you're going to be able to play xCloud for $2.99 a month, right? It's, right now, it's they've said it's part of Game Pass, and all that Game Pass, I believe, is going to start including Xbox Live Gold. It's just sort of a bundle, if you will. Of course, they do have the ultimate bundle. Um, so, unfortunately, we don't have a great answer yet from Microsoft. For now, I would assume that you would have to pay for Live. That's just kind of what you got to be expecting. Um, but I expect that Microsoft is not dense, right? Phil Spencer understands the market and what is going on and what their competitors are doing, and they will find a way to make it work. So it doesn't seem like it's such an upfront fee, but at the same time, the, Microsoft loves their software as a service and they've already got people used to paying for it. So I can't imagine that it goes away completely. Uh, JFMR says, hey Brad, happy new year. Any word on crossplay between generations? Oh, interesting question. Uh, Series X and uh, versus One X players. Hmm. I think it would be another big win for them to support this. I could see this happening. Microsoft hasn't, again, explicitly come out and said it, but we already know that games are backwards compatible. At least some of the titles are going to be for, for launch, right? It would make a lot of sense that they're going to support crossplay. We already see crossplay between the consoles and the PC. I don't think there's any reason to believe that they couldn't do crossplay between an Xbox One X or more than likely even an Xbox One S or just the Xbox One platform in the new Series X uh devices that are going to, or device, I should say, that's going to launch next year. I think it would be crazy for them not to support it. 
I, I really do because you think let's use destiny for example let's just say you load up destiny on your series x if it's not crossplay compatible that would be really hard potentially to get into a game you'd have the same issues i point to this because this is where i play stadia uh, that stadia does where you just sit and twiddle your thumbs waiting for a multiplayer game to load i would i would be i would say that it is happening i'd be shocked honestly if it didn't uh, Team 56 says, now that we know both Lockhart and Anaconda are live and well, and even the purported specs for both boards, I have one question remaining going forward. What will the following board, What, which of the following boards would power Xhoth, Anthem V2, V3, Lockhart, and Anaconda? So, okay, th this is a, a complicated question because when they launched Xcloud, I believe they were using Xbox One as boards. I believe they might be jumping the Xbox One X boards I say this like carefully because I know at some point they're they were planning to upgrade the Xbox One S boards to a more powerful version um, over time, right? They, they started with the S and then they were going to migrate over uh, into 2020 to higher performance boards, which I believe were the X. Now, the reason why I say I believe is because the way it was written in the documentation that I've seen, it said a more powerful iteration of the Xbox console, which I assume to be the X. I could, I could have made a wrong assumption there in that it could have been um, some of the new stuff because technically speaking, they're getting pretty close and they could start trialing it on that new hardware. The end user may not see a difference, maybe higher screen fidelity or something like that. But right now I would assume that they are going to upgrade it, but we just don't know which board is gonna come next. Ultimately, I would think that they're gonna put the highest performance board in there because then that ties into natively the, or it ties better into the narrative of finding those enterprise use cases for that type of content and hardware. And it makes more sense for Microsoft, I think. So, uh, da -da -da -da, let's see. He says, I'm guessing XCloud would go full Lockhart in the near future, uh, but what about all the Anaheim boards that are already installed in the data centers with the power streams for mobile phones only? Is there any chance that Anaconda might power some of the higher end terminals with big 4K? I think there's absolutely more than a chance. You got to remember, economy is a scale play in. The more chips that Microsoft can order from AMD, the lower the price they can become because if you get the efficiencies at that type of a scale. If Microsoft can start rolling them out, or at least planning to roll them out into data centers, I think AMD will cut them some slack and get them uh, a lower price. So, uh, Matt Thinus says, not really tech per se, but what is your personal big ticket items for 2020? Not necessarily New Year's resolutions, but goals, aims, things you want to do in 2020. Uh, any plans for the next day? The question is entirely optional. Well, when you said big ticket, I initially thought like big purchases. Uh, I'm going to be buying two TVs here probably in the near future because I'm remodeling my basement and then I'm going to get a matching one for upstairs and a smaller size. Uh, but, but, but what do I personally want to achieve? I... You know, I have a really interesting role at BWW Media Group, the parent company here, right? I, I oversee Petri.com and I oversee a lot of what happens on Therat. Um, I also run this YouTube channel. I run a lot of other stuff. My my personal and professional goals are just to get better and smarter about how we produce things. The back end side, which not always as as glamorous as writing massive scoops. I always want to dig up the scoops. That's always fun. Um, but being better and smarter about how we use our content. And, and that those are kind of like the business goals, personal goals. I don't know. Um, last year's goal was to, to kind of get a little bit healthier. You be a little bit more physical and active. I think I'm going to keep that going into the new decade. As for myself, the personal goal short term is to finish this dang basement. It's been going on since uh, October. So although it's in the drywall process or drywall mudding and taping process right now, should be done by January. 
But um, I don't know. You know, I, I, I let, align goals a lot of times to what I'm doing professionally. Like, hey, I want to get X amount of views. I want to get X amount of subscribers. Like, I'd love this channel to finish out the year at 25,000 subscribers. I'm at 16,000 right now. I think that's a, a an obtainable goal. So that's an increase of about 9,000 or so. Last year, I added about 9,500 subscribers to the channel. And so on YouTube specifically. And so I'd like to replicate that, if not increase it. So we'll say 25,000 is the target uh, for this one. But again, I, I like I line that to um, more like business goals. I don't know. I would say I'd love to get better at golf. I'd love to shoot a sub 90 round. Never shot below 90. So that would be a, a very personal goal. So right there. Uh, Choker says... So my question is, will Microsoft keep the TV in, ser seri TV in series service or will they end up like eBooks? And will there be an app to watch movies on an Android phone because Windows phone isn't anymore? I, if you are, I, I struggle really hard to recommend anybody buy a movie or digital content other than potentially an app through Microsoft services right now, like on Windows 10, not talking Xbox games. Xbox games, completely different. Um, because it doesn't look like it has a bright future. Microsoft did shut down their eBooks and get rid of all that stuff. And so uh, I don't know if the future is so bright for that. I have, I have just haven't heard anything, which is making me a little nervous. So Ekebert uh, says, Brad, just wondering if you've purchased the Sonos subwoofer to go along with your Sonos speakers. If so, do you recommend it? If not, are you considering one? So I'm a big Sonos user. You might be able to hear a drill spinning up some drywall mud in the background if you do. Anyways, uh, I'm a big Sonos user. It's kind of a trap. Not not a trap. They make good quality products, but they are expensive. Um, on the subwoofer side, I actually own two of them. So yeah, so I initially bought the first subwoofer about two years ago. It was an open box item at Best Buy, and it was kind of an impulse thing because it was a really good deal. And then I bought a subwoofer on Black Friday because downstairs, the room that's being finished right now, I'm going to build a, like a small like kind of theater area, right? It's going to have a... a uh, soundbar, a subwoofer. It's going to be 5.1. What am I saying? It's going to be 5.1. So the subwoofer is a great product. It is incredibly good at what it does. It can get very loud. It can shake your bones and do all that stuff. It is very expensive. It's not on sale $600. So it's not something I just casually recommend. Um, in a 5.1 or 3.1 setup, it, do it does add a lot. Now, if you have Sonos Play 5s, I don't think it's necessarily as much of a, an upgrade because I do have a couple Play 5s as well. But if you have a soundbar and you're looking to add to your setup, I would personally go with a sub first before I would go with rear surround sounds. Uh, Sydney2k says, season greetings, Brad. What Microsoft, Microsoft events are you either going to or closely viewing in the first ooh, first quarter of 2020. Um, I'm not quite sure. So there's a spring event scheduled for Surface. Um, I shouldn't say schedule. On the on the agenda, I believe, where we're going to see the Microsoft Life services for consumers, uh, likely a Surface Book 3. And I believe that is in the spring. I don't know if that's going to happen in the first quarter, though. Although the Microsoft events I will be attending in the first half of the year are Build, uh, which is taking place in Seattle. And then whatever that spring event is, uh, I will definitely be hitting up both of those. Oh, geez, I can't pronounce this name. Igormix, Igormax, something like that along those lines. Do you know if Xbox is going to be on AMD's stage at CES? There is one press conference I am watching live, and that is AMD's, because AMD's last year talked about their chips and what was going on. I think we might start to see some more hints about what are the actual feature specs of the CPUs that are going to be in the PlayStation 5. 
and the Xbox. Remember, AMD is building both, and they're going to be available this year. A AMD likes to announce things at CES. That might be a time. It's If you're going to watch one press conference, I would personally watch AMD's. I don't know explicitly what they are going to announce yet. And do you know if Xbox Series X is RDNA 2? I would think so. Now, it depends on how long this is, the availability of it, because right, Microsoft and Sony both have access to AMD's roadmap. That's not a big surprise. They know what features are coming and when they're going to be available. The question is, was that feature in the pipeline early enough to be implemented into the boards that Microsoft and Sony are building? We shouldn't have to wait too long to find out. Uh, SRLX1986 says, have you heard anything about xCloud for Apple TV? I enjoy playing certain games from the App Store or Steam Link, and since I can't, since I can connect my Xbox One controller, I'm hoping xCloud would come to the Apple TV. It makes a lot of sense. The question is, I don't think it's whether if it's technically possible. I think it's whether or not Apple is going to allow it. Remember, Apple just launched Arcade. They don't like to let competing apps in there. Granted, there are things like Disney Plus, which also compete with Apple's TV service. Um, I would love to see it on Apple TV, but I have not heard anything yet. I have not heard anything yet. Uh, Jeff Bain says, will you redo my basement? Should be easy for you at this point. Um, Jeff, I will happily provide information um, to help you finish yours, but I, I, I'm I, going to finish this project and then I'm not going to want to do any major home renovations for a while. Um, while I have enjoyed the journey for the most part, um, you know, I'm not a contractor. I, I am not a drywall guy by trade or an electrician or a plumber or any of that stuff. I can do all of it, but it's not something that I want to be doing day in and day out. Once every 10 years is uh, probably fine for me. Matt Bear says, Hi Brad, I have a small theory. What if Lockhart is the codename for the equivalent of the Xbox One X for Xbox Series S? A mid-cycle refresh instead of a super-powered uh, version of the current consoles for a higher price. They make... Uh, what is rumored to be a lower end cheaper model for the mainstream for the casual consumer base i understand that this is a rumor release but what if it isn't if i'm going to assume da, 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 i'm going i'm going off the assumption that sony is planning a playstation 5 ps5 and the xbox series x will launch at 399 and 499 respectively so ps5 pro could launch three to four years from now at 399 hmm a PS5, or sorry, PS5 Pro could launch at 395 while the base PS5 uh, lowers to 299 What if Microsoft counters by lowering Xbox Series X to 399 Interesting. So he's basically thinking that Lockhart might be a later release. I, the only thing, so I know enough that that's not what Lockhart is, unfortunately. I do think that they're absolutely going to have mid-cycle refreshes. Obviously, they like to do design changes, resizing, and all that good stuff. Um, but I would not expect that to be a mid-cycle refresh. I really think that they're going to launch Lockhart between like 299 and 349 and I think Series X will be somewhere north of whatever uh probably I honestly think it'll be 499 based on what we've seen so far. That being said, unless Microsoft is going to subsidize the hardware. Uh, Mr. PKI says rounding it out here uh, Microsoft Xbox has purchased a number of studios in the past years. When do you think we will see some of the exclusive titles appearing? Appearing. I think we are going to see a lot of exclusive titles uh, around the time of, if not long after the launch of the Series X. I think that is why a lot of these studios were purchased. Microsoft basically drew a line in the stand. If you looked at when they bought them versus when the Series X is releasing, the timeline kind of makes sense that they have enough hopeful runway to get titles out early in the life cycle because we all know now that first-party exclusives are what is moving um, consoles. Microsoft was hurt with that last generation or this current generation, and they're not going to make that same mistake for second generation or this next generation. So um, I would expect a lot of that stuff to materialize next year or 
potentially later this year, but I really think 2021 is when we'll start to see a lot of those those titles uh, should be hitting um, the consoles more than likely your PC as well. Don't forget that there will be a title launching this year, um, at least one that I'm really amped for. That is the Flight Simulator, what do they call it? Flight Sim 2020? Really looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to the next Age of Empires too. So guys, that wraps it up for this week. Um, next week should be a pretty big week with CES rolling around. Lots of announcements going to be coming out. We've got the AMD press conference. We're launching a new year, new pod, not new podcast, new year, new decade, all that good stuff. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch all of you right back here next time.